The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Would you like to know how to make better decisions for your business, your people, or yourself? Do you want to recognize when you make errors of judgment that cause the quality of your decisions to drop, and when you are moving away from, not closer to, your goal? Welcome to Because There's More with Laura Ellis. For the next hour, Laura and her guests will share experiences and insights that will challenge and stretch your thinking, help you recognize your biases, and ultimately guide you towards more predictable and accurate decisions. You'll walk away from this show feeling better informed, more inspired, and a lot more confident about your next big decision. Now, here's your host, Laura Ellis. Hello, I'm Laura Ellis, and this is Because There's More, the show that takes a closer look at decision-making. For those of you who are tuning in for the very first time, a very warm welcome. Thank you. And of course, thank you to all our returning listeners for joining me and my guest today on our show. As you know, uh, the focus every show is to inform our audience of how professionals from very different lines of work make critical decisions that ultimately allow them to be successful in their field. Furthermore, we do try to make connections, even where immediate connections are not obvious, so that you, our listeners, can feel inspired and better equipped to make the decisions that are most likely to bring you the outcome you seek. During the last show, for example, um, I talked to psychologist Dr. Andrew Scholl about how to mitigate the undesirable effect of extreme emotions on the quality of our decisions. As a business advisor, I've been supporting senior decision makers elevate the quality of their decisions for a while now. And my industrial psychology background has given me a strong foundation to advise my clients on this very topic, how to mitigate the impact of um, emotions on our decisions. Yet, it was listening to Dr. Scholl that I realized how important it is to practice, recognizes, and managing our emotional responses before we actually put the uh, were put in the very situation to recognize and manage our emotions. Because while we're in the middle of a critical, intense situation, it is a lot uh, harder for us to do either of the two. So thank you, Dr. Scholl, for bringing to our awareness what in hindsight may seem so obvious because if someone like me who deals with the, those aspects every day can miss such a critical element uh, in creating accurate decisions, chances are that many of you do too. So thank you again, Dr. Scholl, for an amazing show, great content. Uh, and please make sure to go back and listen to the episode. I've already learned a lot and have tried to apply some of the things that um, came out of that interview. So today we have another highly informative show and your job 
as a listener is to listen to the golden nuggets because there's always some. My guest today is Megan Douglas, who kindly agreed to talk to us about the decision that took her from a traditional career in teaching to building a successful home run part-time business and become a regional vice president for Arbonne International. Welcome to the show, Megan. Thank you, Lara. I'm excited to be here today. Thank you for agreeing to be here. It's not uh, always um, uh, an easy task. You know, people uh, don't do uh, radio show appearances every day. So thank you for for agreeing to be here. You and I met during a sales presentation uh, a while back. And since then, I got to know a bit more um, about you. And I, and I have to say, and I know that I've been vocal about this in front of you and your friends, that I am and have become fascinated by both your energy and uh, your spirit, your your kind spirit, your giving, your caring spirit. And by the fact that you have managed to harness both your energy and your spirit uh, to build a successful home run business. And that's what we want to learn uh, about today from you. How did you get there? What that business is? So let's start with the beginning. Tell us what is it that you do today? Oh, well, thank you, Lara, for that kind compliment. You're just amazing with your own words, and I'm very thankful to have you in my life as well. And, and with regards to my Arbonne business, like you mentioned, I went from being uh, an educator, a master's in counseling, a teacher, a guidance counselor. About six years ago, that's where I was, and I didn't know much about the network marketing world. I didn't know about online businesses, and I wasn't aware that there was actually another way to to create an income and to create a, a passionate career. And when I heard about Arbonne, it was actually six years this month, Lara, that I was introduced to it from uh, my sister, my awesome older sister, who told me about it. I was not at all interested. I actually, my, my head was saying yes, but my eyes were saying no, because I didn't want to let her down, but I was not at all engaged in the idea of selling, you know, skincare and makeup and lipstick is what I thought it was at the time. And as the months kind of evolved and she shared with me a little bit more about it, I was in a position where I was just finishing my master's degree, getting married, you know, looking for more ways. I was always that that person that had three jobs at one time, whether it's working retail and my full teaching career as well as uh, equestrian coaching. Whatever I was doing, I was always doing more than one thing. So it took me a while, about five or six months to come around to it. But once I went to one of these presentations, we called them Discover Arbonne meetings. Once I attended one, I was curious what took me so long to get there. It was such a phenomenal understanding through that presentation that you get paid for how hard you work. And that's such an anomaly in today's uh, industry when you have three generations working in every job almost, that getting paid for how hard you work is just something that we're not used to ever hearing. It's a great concept. So essentially that was when I jumped in about five and a half years ago, um, and I haven't looked back since. It's been a pretty phenomenal journey. That's that's amazing, and and we will talk more about all the decisions that took you there. But um, let let's talk more. And I'm a strong believer, and I know that you and I talked about this. That uh, you know every decision that we make uh, takes us to the next and the next, and everything is connected. Right. Anything in your in your background and and in your uh, in your family that has. Uh, prepped you for or or inspired you to actually end up in the situation where you basically run your own business? Or what do you think caused you to be where you are today? 
Well, that's a great question. And I think when I reflect on that, based on my upbringing, I come from a retail family and my parents had a retail franchise, which is pretty, pretty terrific business in Canada. And I grew up with that and I always had that in the forefront, but I never was exposed to that as an opportunity for myself. Um, I thought, well, I was, I was a horseback rider as a young girl. And when the time came when I was in high school that I had to pick a career, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I was <clears throat> looking back on it, always that girl who worked a babysitting job from the age of nine trying to make extra money. I begged at my, my, my parents' store trying to make some extra money. Um, I always had envelopes of savings to be able to purchase things that I wanted. So there was no shortage of vision of things I wanted growing up. But when I now can see that my dad and my mom, their their courage to be able to have such a successful business of their own, and then also my independence and my sheer will for wanting more, and much like with Tab, because there's more, you know, because there was more and I did want more, I now reflect that the reason I chose to do my Arbonne business was because I had the confidence that my parents demonstrated by leading sheerly by example with their lives and then I also had the audacity to think that I was deserving of it because I was always somebody who accomplished my goals. Yeah, and, and you know how much I feel inspired by that, Megan. It's interesting listening to you that uh, um, uh, learning that you always felt that there is more, uh, yet you made a decision, and, and I'm smiling here because I myself have a background in teaching, was, was my first career. Um, you aspired for more, yet you chose something that's more in the um, uh, serving um, of others um, industry and not necessarily that well rewarded financially. So the more takes a different form. How did you choose teaching in the very beginning? Well, uh, that's a really interesting connection with regards to the, the, you know, the payout versus what you put into it. And when I was um, in high school, I was a phys ed phys ed girl. I loved phys ed, but I also was an equestrian. So when my mom said to me, you know, what do you want to do? And my mom was a teacher also, ironically. Um, and she said, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. And she said, what was your favorite subject in school? And I said, well, I love phys ed. I love the theory of anatomy and, and kinesiology. So I had met somebody through my sister who was a phys ed student at McGill University. And I loved her. I thought she was delightful. She was the sweetest, most kindest person. And I, I thought, well, if she's doing this degree and I like phys ed and I have the grades to get in there, then let's do that and see how it goes. And it's interesting how choices, I didn't quite see the vision of me being a teacher so much as I saw, well, this is a, this is the next step based on what I like doing now. And I always was a babysitter. I always um, was that person who loved children and working with kids. I'm like, oh, I could see that. And, you know, kind of the small mentality, too, was that, well, I know that I'll always have a job, which was no longer my blueprint now. But at the time, I think, though, my parents were entrepreneurial it was very much that rich dad, poor dad mentality of, well, it's stable. You can, you know, have a pension. You can get paid for your years of service. And, and that was what was my mindset when I went into the university career. Yeah, and, and that's very interesting because it's one of the reasons that uh, my mom insisted that I became a teacher, the stability um, mm -hmm. and the cleanliness around the job. Uh, it was mm -hmm. only later that I discovered that what um, attracted me to teaching or what I loved the most about teaching was the opportunity to transform people, to transform um, a, a love that I took into uh, what I do today. 
did you like the most about teaching, Megan? Well, when you say that, it makes me feel like I'm not valued enough because that wasn't my intention at all. For teaching, it was very self-serving in that I was good at it. And I thought, well, maybe if I got my phys ed degree, I'll be a professional equestrian coach because I knew that it gave me that level certification program. So at the time, my mind was just kind of still pretty egocentric on myself. And I was, you know, in my 20s. But when I started getting towards the end of my career, I realized, okay, I'm really going to have to do something with this, um, with this degree. But I, I didn't actually put myself in that position to get a job because I ended up traveling um, on a tall ship for a year and a half <laughs> around the world. So I, I, I guess I would put off that decision. Um, but with regards to the teaching aspect of things, like I, it just was a natural fit for me because I did enjoy um, sharing and teaching with, with kids because I grew up as a nanny and a babysitter. So it was just very, um, very innate for me. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, you 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 say that about uh, um, my description of what I loved about teaching. Well, yeah. let me uh, tell you that I only came to realize that uh, many years later. I like myself, or was in my early twenties, and and it just uh, I followed my mom's choice. Right. It was later that I realized by looking at all the things that uh, I have done in my life professionally. Uh, what my passion was, and we're talking about it recently, that how important it is to find uh, your passion. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's not that obvious. Uh, and again, if I if I were to ask you to make connections between what you did as a teacher and what you do today, what do you think uh, the commonalities are? What is the thread there that links the two? You definitely hit the nail on the head because now, like, I'm so filled with passion about what I do, and it's exactly what I was trained to do, ironically. And so what I do today is I have a twofold in my business. One is I teach and train um, other men and women to do the business much like I do in network marketing and to be able to educate them about how to uh, start a business and be very successful at that business. That's the one fold. And the other fold of what I do is I teach people about great product, and I educate them about the health benefits of using, um, you know, a pure, safe, and beneficial product and I educate them about you know the difference uh, that your skin can can adjust to using great products and how you can feel on the inside and out a nutritional product so really from my training of teaching people about how to you know implement a soccer kick to being able to teach somebody about why their skin is their largest breathing organ and they need to take care of it it, it, it now is it's so simple now to see it for sure yeah, and you know, I'm listening to you how how you uh, describe it, and and I'm just wondering, is it because you have the opportunity to share information that you, um, in the end, were good at teaching and love teaching and and love what you do today, or is it because more of the result that you see or the impact your teaching has on others, and we often don't think of us to in in those terms. But what do you think? Um, it is for you. I think it's a twofold. It's both of them because I do love the outcome of seeing someone's skin clear up from having terrible acne or, you know, having an unfortunate uh, situation from previous product. But I also, like, I also really get a, a kick out of just letting people know because there is another way. And again, it comes back to your tag, which I just don't mean to reference so much, but in plug, but there is Please more. do, people please do. Need to know. <laughs> yeah. 
People need to know that there's more out there and that there's other ways and there's other options, not only to use product, but also to earn a living. Because if I wasn't given this opportunity to be able to completely shift my mindset around what I thought was normal versus what is an opportunity, whether it be normal or not, I, I can't imagine where I'd be today. Yeah, and and this is what we're going to talk in more detail in uh, in the second part after the after the break. We have about two two and a half minutes to the break, mm-hmm. uh, but just an, an an observation that I think it's very important uh, to make. I often talk to uh, to people, and I'm sure you too come across those people who have dedicated years uh, to education to be in a certain field, and yet they find themselves unfulfilled. Um, from all different perspectives, you know, financially or emotionally, and and they feel stuck. They feel stuck in in the job they're in because they look back and uh, it's like throwing uh, bad money uh, or good money after bad money. We don't know when to pull the plug. We don't know when to when to stay stop. It, it's a mm-hmm. whole phenomenon in uh, in how our brain works. That if we waited uh, ten minutes at a bus stop with we are committed to waiting longer because the bus is going to come. Well, we do the same in careers. I put Mm -hmm. 10 years into preparing for something. It doesn't matter. I'm unhappy. I just don't know how to move on. So I think it's fascinating that that, uh, you you put the time into a career, yet you felt that there is more and you had the courage um, to to do something uh, about it. And um, just we only have like a minute and a half to the break, but... How were you aware of that decision or was something that you moved into kind of naturally and just because you seek more, um, how did it come to you to make that huge switch? Um, it's not so much a scientific reason, but it's my intuition, um, my gut feeling that we often say there's a gut feeling and it's the two brain phenomenon of how, you know, you've got your logical brain in your head that you think things through, but then you really have your second brain, which is your stomach and how it makes you feel. And I just knew that when I saw the staff room itis that happened at um, high schools and, and elementary schools I was teaching at, I, I, I just lived my life on purpose. And I chose to make my passion be my family. And as a result of putting them in the center, you know, first, that's the reason why I started and we'll get into it more. But I think that you really have to have a passion for what you're doing or else you'll be exactly in exactly that spot of where, where, where did 17 years go? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So we're going to go uh, away for a short two minutes break, uh, but we will be back uh, with Megan to talk more about what it is that she's doing today and both inform you of uh, her career as a choice, uh, but also of the decisions that uh, she's uh, facing every day and how she deals with them. So don't go away and we'll be back soon. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
Are you a CEO, a board director, or an entrepreneur looking to have more control over the future of your organization? If the answer is yes, you need Tab Ignite. Our approach is unique, intelligent, and it works. Our solution is exclusively positioned to guarantee the results you seek for your business because we make it simple for you to tap our advisor's expertise and experience and make accurate business decisions. Ask Tab Ignite to work for you at tabignite at trustedadvisoryboard.com and make your next decision the first of many best decisions for your company. Do you believe in the value you bring to an organization? Have you been overlooked for a promotion because you think differently than your peers? Do you know that you can and will make a difference to the business? Let Tab Advance be your personal advisory board and help you make different, better decisions about your career. Our team is customized to your successful advancement and hones in on when, why, and how you make those decisions. Build a more fulfilling career. Contact us today at advance at trustedadvisoryboard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Because There's More with host Laura Ellis. To connect with our program today, please send Laura an email to lellis at trustedadvisoryboard.com. Now, back to Because There's More. Hello, I'm Laura Ellis, and this is Because There's More, the show that takes a closer look at decision-making. And I'm here today with Megan Douglas, who's the Regional Vice President for Arbonne International. And uh, instead of me explaining more of what Arbonne International is and what uh, being uh, Regional Vice President for Arbonne means, I will let Megan explain uh, to us what it is. So, Megan, what is Arbonne International? Well, thank you, Lara. Um, yes, Arbonne is a 35-year-old Swiss vegan skincare product line. It's a company that has over 500 different products, and we essentially are vegan and paraben-free, mineral-free, and we are pure, safe, and beneficial. So the premise of our company is that we're a product-driven company, most certainly, but the other side of the coin is that we actually refer to ourselves as independent consultants, but we are we're game changers. We are consultants, men and women, who come from various backgrounds, who have committed to using network marketing as a vehicle to be able to create a life by design. In a nutshell, that's what we are. Yeah, amazing. Uh, and, and, you know, and we'll talk uh, in more detail, like I'm fascinated about different aspects of how your business is being run and how much uh, research and, and uh, you know, intelligence and expertise has been brought together. So not just from um, uh, health, uh, and uh, uh, beauty industry perspective, but also from a psychology, from a, mm. a sociology perspective. So there's a lot of brain power being put in making your your business work. Tell us more about what network marketing is, because all those uh, notions and terms, uh, all this terminology is completely uh, new to me and it's not as new as uh, someone who's never heard of it. But I know that a lot of people don't really know what network marketing is. How do you describe it? Certainly. Well, network marketing is what I consider the new way of doing business. It is the version of traditional retail to now online purchasing. So imagine that you have a store in the cloud, and that is called an online business. Well, the way in which network marketers, somebody like myself, 
is that we make sure that people are aware of our business through word of mouth referencing, and should they want to purchase, they just purchase it online. So it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. I have a colleague who's like, she thought that network marketing when she first heard it was a whole bunch of computers talking to one another, and that was them computers networking. But network marketing is just the new way of doing business, and it's it's 100% amazing for people like myself who have, you know, ambitions to live first and work second, because wherever I have a smartphone or a tablet, I'm in business. So I help people organize their shopping needs through my online store, and it goes through the system, and then they get their product drop shipped within two to four business days. So I don't touch anybody's money. I don't touch anybody's product, and it goes right to them through streamlined consultants like myself. So you take out the whole middleman. No longer do you have to worry about from traditional retail, if you think about, you know, one of the big box stores downtown, you have, it goes from the manufacturer, then it goes to a warehouse, then it goes to a wholesaler, then it goes to um, a distribution plant where then it finally gets to the marketing where, wow, you can actually have a product go anywhere from 25 to 40% increase just by marketing alone, right, by all those advertising ads and the space on a shelf. And then it goes from not only the retailer, but then it finally gets into the hands of the consumer. And along all of those steps in traditional retail, it, the product hasn't changed, but the price of it has escalated significantly. In network marketing, all we do is we cut out all those middlemen. We own our own manufacturing plant in Irvine, California with Arbonne, and through independent consultants, the product gets distributed through that word of mouth, and then we purchase it online with the consultant, and then it gets drop shipped to their door. And so we are able to actually put money back into not only the company for research and development, but for the client to save money, and they have a better product, and because they're purchasing it in a different way, they get to save money on that and save time by not having to go to stores. And then we give money back to the consultant for being able to do a great job of referring that product. So in a nutshell, that's network marketing. Wow. And that's an amazing uh, description. You obviously gave that before because you're very <laughs> articulate and very clear of how you're describing it. Um, how challenging do you find it to to um, inform people of it? And and um, um, I don't know, uh, tell, tell us a bit more about how old the business or how young the business is in uh, Canada. Uh, but what I've also noticed is um, I, I get stopped uh, every time I go to a um, a store uh, by people who want to sell me product and, and they ask me what do I use and I say I use Arbonne and a lot of uh, them are not aware. People who work mm-hmm. in the um, uh, in retail and uh, in the um, health and beauty uh, sector, how difficult have you found it to um, expand awareness of your business? Definitely. Well, right now we have a 2% brand awareness in Canada. So hence a lot of times when you do ask someone, have you heard of Arbonne? Has a friend shared Arbonne with you? They'll say, Airborne? Arbonne? What? What What are you talking about? But the wonderful thing about network marketing is that it's word of mouth. It's much like Girl Guy Cookies, which is the time we're, we're selling cookies this time of year for young girls. And what um, what we know as, as an industry is being only now coming up to 10 years in Canada, um, that's a huge, a huge amount of opportunity for, for growth. So not only as a consultant myself, but also as a consumer, <clears throat> we came in 10 years ago to Canada and about around that same point for the UK and Australia, about eight to nine years ago in, in the UK and Australia. And we're also have been in um, California in the 
the United States for 35 years, and we recently launched into Poland just last year, and we're going into Taiwan this upcoming year. And those really are the gateways to the European market and to the Asian market. So when people say that I haven't heard much about you, I'm, I say terrific. Like I get excited when people don't know about me because about Arvon, because it means that I have an opportunity to educate them again, getting back to my teaching background, right? And that that to me is something that is pretty phenomenal. But on the business side of things, because Arbon is such a unique organization in that we have no territory with regards to consultants. So I actually have the opportunity to exponentially grow my business by educating people in Australia about Arbon if I'm able to use online technology. If I can, you know, talk to somebody through LinkedIn whom I'm friends with from a different organization and I let them know about it, they can purchase product in Australia, though I recommended it to them in Canada. So that right there is my it's my job now to increase awareness and I don't think it's a challenge. It's just about numbers. It's math. We always say Arbon isn't magic, it's math. And it's like in any organization, any business, it's about just getting more people in front of what it is that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you, you know, there's so many different things that uh, you are including um, in, in what you're saying that is so relevant to um, decision making. So one of, uh, you know, the show is about decision making. And uh, one of the immediate uh, things that struck me in what you said, it's often um, the case that uh, people don't expand their own information um, about their field or uh, about the decisions they make or they don't ex- uh, go beyond what they need short term. I've always been um, impressed by your knowledge of uh, what other brands do, uh, how do they compare, um, Include it's a way to give people choices to make uh, informed uh, decision. Yet, as I explained, uh, I work or I come across professionals in your industry who don't know much about, uh, for all intent and purposes, uh, a competitor, and and not just Arbon, but other known competitors, which is a a downside in making um, uh, good decisions. Tell us more about uh, the the role that you have today in, in um, let's say, tr- more traditional jobs, uh, regional vice president, it's a, it's a big role. Uh, sometimes there's a very clear path of uh, how one gets to such a role. What is a, What does it mean, first of all, and how does one become a regional vice president in Arbonne? Yeah, definitely. Well, what Arbon in Arbon we have four levels of management, which demonstrate how many people you've essentially helped. So the premise right off the bat is helping people, and we always say as a bit of a joke, if you don't like helping people, then this probably isn't the best career for you. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's a business, and a lot of people, when they come into it, they, they don't quite think it's a business. They think it's because we say nooks and crannies, it is a part-time business like you alluded to previously. I work on average 10 to 15 hours a week in and around my family. But don't make that be fooled in that when I say I work, like I actually, I work. I'm on the phone. I call my clients. And so as a regional vice president, what I have done to get to this level is I have asked people to purchase product. I've asked people to look at the business model, which is pretty phenomenal, and to, to open up their own business. We always say a virtual cloud in the sky, a virtual business in the sky, and for them to open up their business. And I've helped teach and train them to be successful, but they, with their own passion and their own inspiration, have become successful. And so in my total organization, 
I have a phenomenal group of leaders who are at the various stages of those four levels of management, and they have their own businesses. And because I've helped teach and train them, that's why I've become successful. Yeah, that's that's amazing. It's um, it, it's a great success story, your organization, and and again, I'm very impressed by how it's being structured. Um, very interesting that uh, from the outside, at least, you uh, let's say moved from um, um, a, a role where you um, you know your expertise, your your technical expertise was what. Um, uh, made you successful in in teaching um, mm-hmm. to a career where uh, your expertise becomes selling, and and we all know that um, you know there's been a number of books written on the topic of uh, we every time we talk to someone we're actually selling something. But how do you view selling? Because um, to what extent you want you to be a salesperson or not? Uh, it, it's not the question. But how did you approach? Uh, the selling that you do to actually um, be successful at it? And how, how do you think you can advise others who are actually finding selling to be not their strong suit, like myself, for example? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting, Lara. We've had this conversation before, but life comes down to language. And I think that definitely in Arbonne, what I'm doing is I'm recommending a product. I'm selling that product from one person to the other. However, my mindset, like, I mean, when I was working at The Gap, let's say, as a kid, I was there for 15 years. I never thought I was in a sales job, but that's exactly what I was doing because I was enjoying myself and I was helping people. And much like in Arbonne, I don't ever think of myself as a seller, though my maiden name is Sellers, ironically. But I never thought of myself as a seller. I think of myself as an educator again. I go back to my skill set as a teacher. And I want to help people. My, my premise is not to ever get anything from anyone. I don't want to get a sale or get them to buy something or get them hooked on the product. My intention always is to see if this is the best fit for them. Because Arbonne has over 500 products, and we have pretty phenomenal products. But like you said, people are introduced to it usually through word of mouth, and they only know about it through a friend because you don't take anyone's trusted opinion unless you trust them, right? So in Arbonne, when I think about the the selling portion of it, I more just think of the people that I'm meeting, how can I help you? Like everybody has a need. Everybody has something they're looking for, whether that is, you know, clearer skin or, you know, thicker hair or feeling better or being less tired or being able to fall asleep better. There's something in our day-to-day life that we maybe haven't even taken that five seconds to think, okay, well, how am I feeling right now? And the sooner you get more in tune with how you're actually feeling as a human, and then we can say, okay, am I feeling good? And what, what would help me feel better? Because we're always striving for the better, no matter what we're doing. And it's not, it's not selfish to want more because there's more. You know, it's, it's the way that we are, are genetically ingrained. So around the whole selling idea, I choose to not use that word sell because I don't think that I'm selling. That's my mindset. I think that I am, I'm helping people find the best thing for them. Yeah, and it is such an important um, observation to to make and to share. Mindset plays such an important um, role in in how we make decisions because it it sets up the whole um, um, 
angle and perspective of where we're coming from and how we make decisions. There's mm -hmm. so many different uh, experiments that I love sharing at, at dinner parties uh, about mindsets, you know, and, and what a difference they make in terms of uh, where people end up and what people end up doing. And I have shared different examples in, uh, in previous shows. But um, again, what I um, what I like to know more how would you describe the mindset that um, Arbonne creates for, for most people who work there? Because I know that uh, th there is a focus on, on encouraging people to view what they do and why they do it in, in a certain way. And, and you've described your own mindset. How, are you, how would you generalize it to what the organization encourages people to do? Well, I think, I think definitely there is that expression that, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. And in Arbonne, I, I, I know it's a conscious thing that they've done, but it doesn't feel intentional that they've intentionally had amazing people join their organization. But yeah. what they've poised for us, what they've set up for us is an opportunity to be as successful as possible financially, as well as help others be successful as possible. And then to be able to, to do more of that, it, you can't be successful in Arbonne unless you work on yourself. We often say that Arbonne is, you know, definitely a health and wellness organization, but it's actually mass as a personal growth business because you cannot personally grow your organization to be bigger unless you work on you because you have to develop leadership skills. You have to develop different mindset techniques, which I'll speak about in a minute. But also the, the industry attracts people from multiple backgrounds. We not only have lawyers, we have doctors, we have naturopaths, we have educators, we've got teachers, we have you know, shoe salesmen, we have architects, we have graphic designers, we have Olympic athletes, we have equestrians, we have uh, stay-at-home moms, we have CEO businessmen, we have real estate agents, you name it, we have those professions in Arbonne. And when you have such a mass amount of people coming from various backgrounds, what's the difference between their success and, and my success? We have the same product, we have the same business model. We have the same company. Why is it that some of us are more successful than others? It comes down to personal growth. And so that personal growth comes down to mindset. And we completely control our thoughts. And I know when I first started with Arbonne, my business, you know, progressed to the first level of management quite quickly, the second level management within that time frame they recommend of a year. And then I was actually in qualification for the vice president title because um, my business was, was growing for, for about three times. And what that was over a three-year period, and it was finally the third time that I, I reached that goal. And the shift, bottom line, was my vision, was my mind, was my belief that I can accomplish my goals, and no matter what, I will make this happen. And how that bottom line came to fruition was me reading books and me going to different talks and me learning about um, expanding my vision and being a better leader and being a better listener um, and being able to ensure that whenever I go out, I go out on purpose and no longer brushing my teeth and thinking about yesterday, but I'm brushing my teeth thinking about how I want my day to go today, using every second that I have in my day to make sure that I'm, I'm putting one foot in front of the other and saying thank you for what I do have and I'm so excited for what's coming my way. 
And that's the shift in, um, in our bond that we all have. And it's just so, so awesome to see other leaders. Like we learn so much from each other and the social media is such an amazing tool because I see all these books that my other colleagues are reading and they post about. So I go and I read that. Being self-motivated is a huge proponent to success in this business. And I think I, I even wrote down here to chat about how you know, one of the things that um, makes, you know, us successful is because we have a passion for living life, much like what we spoke to before. When you have someone who's in a career and they're spinning their wheels and they don't know how they got to where they are and they're like, oh my gosh, my kids are grown up or, you know, everybody's going on retirement and I'm still here in this job. It's because we didn't take our head out of the sand. We kept it in there because we just never gave ourselves a minute to breathe. But things happen in all of our lives, which allow us to put, you know, the immediacy of the now in the forefront so that we can be the best versions of ourselves. And, you know, learning about who I was, you know, six years ago to who I am today, I don't know if I recognize that, say, Megan, six years ago, because I've just put so much effort into myself and into uh, my deservingness of, of wanting what it is that I have now. So, Megan, that's amazing. And I actually delayed the break because I didn't want to interrupt that. I think it's so inspirational. But we'll be back after the break and talk more about it. So don't go away. We'll be back soon. America Business Network. Do you believe in the value you bring to an organization? Have you been overlooked for a promotion because you think differently than your peers? Do you know that you can and will make a difference to the business? Let Tab Advanced be your personal advisory board and help you make different, better decisions about your career. Our team is customized to your successful advancement and hones in on when, why, and how you make those decisions. Build a more fulfilling career. Contact us today at advance at trustedadvisoryboard.com. Are you a CEO, a board director, or an entrepreneur looking to have more control over the future of your organization? If the answer is yes, you need Tab Ignite. Our approach is unique, intelligent, and it works. Our solution is exclusively positioned to guarantee the results you seek for your business because we make it simple for you to tap our advisor's expertise and experience and make accurate business decisions. Ask Tab Ignite to work for you at tabignite at trustedadvisoryboard.com and make your next decision the first of many best decisions for your company. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned into Because There's More with host Laura Ellis. To connect with our program today, please send Laura an email to lellis at trustedadvisoryboard.com. Now, back to Because There's More. Hello, I'm Laura Ellis, and this is Because There's More, the show that takes a closer look at decision-making. And I'm here today with my guest, Megan Douglas, who's a regional vice president for Arbonne International. And we're talking about the kind of uh, decisions that have taken Megan from a traditional um, role in uh, or job in teaching to a home-run, part-time business that she's made uh, 
turned into a success. And we're talking just before the break about the fact that to be successful in the Arbonne business, one has to be uh, continually working on oneself uh, to develop, to grow. Um, what I also was fascinated uh, was Megan uh, giving us um, the example of of uh, coming, as someone would say, from a place of uh, giving, not looking at the job as, as selling, but actually um, giving people uh, the opportunity to have better uh, lifestyle uh, by doing the business or better skincare by buying the product. So, Megan, what are the type of um, uh, everyday uh decisions that uh, you make in your business and what would you say are the biggest challenges in, in the decisions that you have to make? Well, that's a great question and what I actually was, was really happily reflecting on is that for me to be where I am today, it was because of the little decisions that I made every day and it was the consistency of waking up at 6 o'clock versus 6.30. It was the decision of, okay, do I clean my toilets now or do I make phone calls? Something that silly and simple. But really for me to be on my everyday path, it's having the bigger vision in my mind when I'm making the little decisions which actually make up the whole. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And you know, it's so uh, what I love about what I do, Megan, uh, and, and the show is that I talk to different people in different professions. And yet the same themes are true for individuals, for um, professions and for businesses. Like uh, what you've described, it's not unlike what businesses need to do. They need to set a vision of what they want to be, what's their brand, what they stand for in the market. And only by having that, they can then decide uh, how they're going to get there and how do they get from where you are uh, or where they are today. So absolutely, um, it makes sense. Were there hinderings or, or barriers on the way that, that you think that, again, would help helped you, uh, that would help others in how they make uh, their everyday decisions, whether they're Arbonne, um, part of Arbonne business or not? What were some of the typical barriers that you found that you also learned to overcome? Um, some of the barriers were, were my own organization. You know, that was probably one of the biggest challenge was being able to efficiently um, maximize my time and my space, but also being prepared in advance. It's much like packing your backpack before you go to school the next day, right? Or making your lunch before you go to school the next day. When you're a kid, if that stuff isn't done, it throws you off for the whole day if you wake up five minutes late and then the bus is late and then, oh, my goodness. And, but then, again, that comes down to mindset, too. So doing little things that make your day run smoothly and then setting the intention of where you want to go, um, that was what I have overcome because I, there is more, and asking for more is never a bad thing. And in my organization, if I'm not organized, then I can't have coffee meetings and I can't meet with people to share with them great product and what I do. So I have overcome that by putting it in my calendar and making the decision to get up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. What other techniques, if you have used others, because I know that uh, we we all have good intentions and about mm -hmm. organizations, it's a particular uh, weak point uh, for yep. me, or at least I consider it. So um, what other techniques have you used or what would you advise others who, who struggle with uh, organization? Yep. Uh, what would you well, advise them to, to do? 
Yeah, I think you need to learn what type of learner you are. That's huge. And a lot of people who don't come from an education background don't quite see the connection as to why they've done one activity really well, but the other one they're struggling with. And so if we understand that there's a premise of three types of learners in this world, and you know this being an educator as well, you have the person who needs to feel it, tactile. You have the person who needs to see it, the visual, and the person who needs to hear it, the auditory. So if you know what kind of learner you are, if the way in which you interpret information, then you'll then be able to use the strategies that adapt best to you. So for myself, I am, I'm a bit of a melange. I'm everything. I'm a visual, tactile learner. So I need to see it and I need to touch it. And for the strategies I've incorporated into my day now to be successful is I have a weekly calendar to take, like, that's on my fridge that I know for my kids, my family, my, you know, my, my life, whether you have a family or not, you just have your week at a glance. And then you have the three months out at a glance. And then what you do is <clears throat> every night before you go to bed, you write down six things that will make you money or be income producing activity. We call that IPA in Arbonne for the next day. And every night, if you write down your list of things that you need to do the next day, A, you'll have a better sleep because your brain's not thinking about all the things that you have to do. And then when you wake up in the morning, you're on purpose. You know exactly what you have to do. So I'm a huge list maker. If you're um, someone who likes paper, then write it on paper. But I've been taught by a good friend of mine, this awesome app called Workflowy. And you just put in everything that, that night. And then the next morning, it sends you an email. So once you go on your computer, you can pop it up and you get your tasks done for the day. That keeps me on track. That's amazing. How about uh, the ability to, to concentrate? I know that uh, there's a lot of talk about meditation and mindfulness. And have you used it personally? And, and how, how have you used it? Or how have you heard of other colleagues of yours using it? Well, definitely being a teacher as well, I know that a power 15 or a focus 15, if you, you can do anything for 15 minutes. And so in Arbonne, what I tend to do for my organization is I do 15 minutes of a five minutes of phone calls, five minutes of thank you notes, and five minutes of organizing what I have to do moving forward. So Focus 15 is a great strategy, but around the meditation side, I mean, definitely, as of recently, um, I have been working with an amazing coach, and uh, we've we've figured out that I can do an hour meditation once every few days, but if I can do 15 minutes a day, that's a win for me, especially when I have a very full house of young kids, toddlers running around and a lot of things on the go. So meditation definitely calms my mind. It gives me clarity and focus. And it's interesting because a lot of us think that we need to know how to meditate. So we often procrastinate because we don't know how, but I just have to tell you, everybody, go to a YouTube video, type in guided meditation and and just sit and listen because all meditation is is working through your thoughts and there's no right or wrong way to meditate. It's just a way to be able to bring clarity to your vision. Yeah, and, and I couldn't agree more with uh, um, how, uh, how much uh, lack of clarity there is out there about what meditation uh, is. Uh, I experienced it myself. I was, uh, um, uh, I was holding back from starting because I thought I, I misunderstood what it was about and, and mm. I certainly didn't do it. And I definitely use it a lot today uh, and encourage my clients just to give them that extra focus that they need in their everyday job. So I'm going to ask a, a question that um, uh, will will ask you to take uh, what you've learned about yourself, about Arbonne, and translate it for people in other jobs. What do you see the biggest synergies or the biggest um, uh, opportunities uh, to be translated into everyday jobs? How can you 
um, advise people in, in other jobs? How can you take what you know and translate mm-hmm. it for them? How is what you've done and do relevant to others in typical mm-hmm. jobs, in traditional jobs? Well, a traditional job, what I would do is I would be overseeing other cogs of the wheel working efficiently. And should you be somebody who um, works with other colleagues, whether they be somebody who's the same management level as you or below you, that no matter what their title is, it doesn't matter about a title. It, it matters about the way in which you, you work with those people. And in Arbon, we're very much like that, and this is how it could affect other corporations, is that you might be a CFO and you might be a CEO and you might be a brand manager and you might be a district manager and you might be a, a manager of some form. You might be, you know, um, somebody who is just running coffee. No matter what your title is, the way in which you conduct yourself every day is how you are doing your business. And I often say that there's no room for ego in business, though that's an interesting reason as to why I chose not to go into business. <laughs> but, and I mean, again, I'm coming from a teacher background. I'm coming from somebody who's looking at, you know, the, the world as, as an amazing opportunity to help teach and grow people because the sooner that we can accept people for their strengths and help build people on their strengths, as opposed to doing a PMP, you know, and saying, okay, well, this is, you're not good in this area. This is a weakness for you. This is a weakness for you. Like, how are we empowering people? How are we building people up? How are we allowing them to make self-sufficient decisions, right? Because we all have that choice to help others make decisions that allow them to be independent, yet still working as a collective whole. That's what I do. I help people make great decisions independently so they don't have to have me with them, but we're working towards a greater good, the bigger vision of the company. Yeah. So I warned you, uh, Megan, that the last segment is going to go very quickly. So we uh, just have over two minutes left. And I just want to uh, briefly, uh, I know uh, I have, uh, I work with organizations who um, uh, struggle or are challenged to create a sense of ownership in their, in their business. Can you tell us in few seconds, what would a business do? Uh, what can they learn from Arbon to create the same sense of ownership that you guys have? And like oh, in yeah. very few words. <laughs> it doesn't come from the top down. It comes from the bottom up. Empower everybody in your business from, from the ground floor. Don't feel that it has to come from a mandate of somebody telling you what to do. Nobody likes being told what to do no matter what job they're in. So how can you empower the everyday people who, and again, because it's the little things, their decisions make the whole. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and I will take that uh, advice to heart and try to translate it for, for my clients. Um, I want to thank you for today because there's, again, uh, once again, so much richness in, in what the show brings to our audience. And there's so much for our audience to translate uh, and, and learn from in their everyday life. I hope you, and in their everyday jobs, I hope you enjoyed yourself, Megan. I did. Thank you so much, Lara, for having me today. It, it was a pleasure. It was an absolute pleasure. And, and uh, we'll uh, post your details on, on the website so you can, uh, people who want to learn more about Arbon can email me and I can um, uh, connect them with you directly. And we might even have you back on the show because uh, it has been the case. Everyone um, hasn't um, had the opportunity to say everything or share everything they know. But for now, uh, I'm going to thank you again. And to our listeners, I hope you had uh, a, you heard a great show I certainly have and we will um, 
meet you again in two weeks' time because next Monday, it's uh, Thanksgiving Monday here in Canada. So we will be repeating a show, but we'll be back in two weeks' time with an, um, um, an, another guest of uh, ours who's an Olympic athlete, so um, Canadian uh, Olympic athlete in Paralympics. So have a great week. Happy Thanksgiving Canada for next Monday, and uh, we'll be back in two weeks' time. Happy Thanksgiving, Lara. Take care. Thank you. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Because There's More. Join Laura Ellis again next Monday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to tune in because there's more. More.